Good morning, everyone. Connie Myers here. I am so excited. This is the second interview I've done with this lovely lady. And I, I was just telling you, the first one I did, I had driven from San Diego, and I looked I like I had just gotten out of bed. So I'm hoping I'm looking a little better today. I'm Connie Myers with Kick Butt Leadership, and this is the lovely, wonderful, talented Cindy Reddy. Cindy. So great to be here. Oh, I'm so I'm so happy that you agreed to do this again. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, um, Cindy, I met Cindy because she was. Uh, I actually was at her installation when she became the national president for Women's Council of Realtors. Right, right. And I am so thrilled to have gotten to know her more. She is. She has credentials. I'll let her tell you all the credentials she has here in Arizona. Uh, because they're about this long, and um, and then a little bit about our past. So, Cindy, why don't you tell a little bit about your background? Sure. So, I am actually uh, an agent, and I have my broker's license here in Arizona, and I uh, manage a team. So, we have our own team, the Reddy Callahan team here in the Scottsdale Phoenix market. And so, in addition to that, I've always been very involved in our industry. So. Um, when Connie was talking about credentials, in 2015, I was the national president for the Women's Council of Realtors. And in addition to that, uh, after I finished uh, that position, I uh, came back and I've always been involved at the local association level on committees and things like that. And I just decided uh, that it was time to give back at our local board. And so finally, after all these years of them bugging me and asking me to, to um get on the board. I ran for the board and was elected to the board a few years ago. And so I've been working on the board and working on our Ray Pack, which is our RPAC um, committee and very involved there. And um, actually tonight I'm being installed as the president-elect for the local association here oh, in Scottsdale. Thanks. So I'll be president in 2020. And honestly, for me, it's not about the position. I know it kind of sounds like, oh gosh, she goes from one thing to another, but it's all about giving back to the industry and really, uh, helping agents who are coming up and building professionalism in our industry. So that's what I love to do, and that's just how my journey's taken me. Well, I can tell you, um, having been at the, uh, I was a speaker at the Arizona State Meetings for Women's Council of Realtors yesterday, right. and I can tell you that she's one of the most respected women in Arizona. Oh, she, I mean, everybody looks up to her, and um, well, just following you is, is just a very much an inspiration. So I'm going to ask you the same question I ask everybody. Mm -hmm. Were you a leader as a child? I was, and this is kind of funny because my leadership journey started as a big sister, right? So my brother's five years younger than I am, and so I always took him under my wing. And growing up, my parents, we moved every six months. My dad was in road construction up in Montana, and so we would move out to the jobs in the summer and back into the city in the winter when they did estimating. And so, of course, the first thing I did was get the bicycle out, get out into the neighborhood, find him some friends, find me some friends. And I was like, my dad always laughed about how I got involved so quickly um, in the neighborhood and got us ingrained quick. But man, we had to do that fast because we moved every six months. So, <laughs> so it kind of started there. And then in uh, junior high, I got involved in student council. I know that shocks you guys, right? And then in high school, I was a state president for an organization called HERO, which was home economic related occupations. And I was wanting to go into special education. And so it was a job uh, it was an organization that helped young kids build their leadership skills, and then it also, we got to have a work-study situation where we could work in a career that wow. we wanted to do. So early on, I was out public speaking and promoting the organization and traveling around the U.S. 
So you've been doing this for a lot of years. I have, and it's just natural for me. It's what I really do. This is what I really do. I like to sit back and kind of analyze the situation. And then once I kind of figure out what's going on, I try to figure out what can I do to make the organization better for the members. And that's really where my passion is. And so that's kind of always happened. You know, my mom's the one who was a mem member of Women's Council, and I was business partners with her and still am. And she's the one who said when I joined her, which was about 20-some years ago, she said, you will join Women's Council. And I'm like, why would I join a women's-only organization that's all my competition? This is crazy. And she said, shut up and join. You're going to get it later. And that sounds like a mom, right? But, but she was right because what I didn't understand at that point was I was going to build those relationships that were my affiliates and my vendors and the agents that I'd be doing cross sales with. And once I got involved, I thought, gosh, you know, this is great at the local level, but maybe I should think about state. And then once I got involved at state, I thought, I'm going to these national meetings. Maybe I should start um, going to some of the finance and budget or some of the committee meetings at the national level. And then they uh, they started seeing my potential and helped me by training me to teach leadership skills. And that's how it all started. That's how I got involved nationally. I think, I think whether it's Women's Council or whether it's um, another uh, industry um, association, mm -hmm. exactly what you're talking about is if that's how you get the most out of them. True. Um, I mean, you might be there with your competitors, mm -hmm. but in reality what you're doing is you're building relationships and where you can support one another. And I love... Um, I don't remember who said it, but they talk about how as the water rises, the boats rise. Mm -hmm. So everybody in the industry, no matter what industry it is, True. everybody rises as everybody mm -hmm. supports one another. Right. And my first career was actually in hotel sales and marketing. So I uh, worked for uh, Weston Hotels and then Wyndham Hotels and then with a pri private boutique company that had five hotels. And I was their corporate director of sales and marketing. So handling a large team there, and those skills are the same skills you you use when you're marketing and promoting within any industry. It's all about the connections. So we all know when we're in sales, it's about finding, you know, listening to what the client's asking you for and then finding that for them or helping them see what in your market is going to match those needs. And so that's the part I love about it. I love helping people find what they're really looking for, and the first piece of that is starting to listen. It doesn't matter if you're selling a resort with a big uh, swimming pool or if you're selling a house. The reality is if that client is saying to you, we want to do conventions at this hotel and we don't want to be distracted by the resort amenities, you're not going to be promoting the, the big pool and the spa and all that stuff. So you have to listen to what your clients are asking for before you, you move forward. I think one of the most important leadership skills you can have is listening and so many people mm -hmm. don't know how to do it you know over the course of the years just being in leadership and then stepping back into an, um, an advisory position or, or whatever position I think the problems that leaders get themselves into are always related as you say to either not listening or not communicating you know we're all in these positions as volunteers so we're there we're not necessarily doing um, this uh, being a paid position and so people don't always have the time but if you as a leader are not telling them what the expectations are and what the time commitment is and then they get into something and they realize it's way more than what they expected then you you're starting to give yourself problems down the road that you should have never gotten into and then all along the way it's just communication making sure they know where they need to be, what the expectations are. We're not mind readers. And so when sometimes when you get in trouble, it's just because people have 
an expectation or a perception of what you want that's really nothing like what you are thinking. So you have to be on the same page. Yeah, well, I think communication is probably the um, the key. Yesterday I talked a little bit about emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm, you did. And, and I think that uh, just in the observation, and I haven't really seen you in your, your real estate working environment, but my guess is you are very, very good at emotional intelligence. You are, you're able to really read people. I try to read people and then match myself to what they're needing and so that's not deceptive in any way it's just understanding and you'll see this too the first time I meet with a client I'm very dressed up and then the next like in a business outfit and then the next time if they were in jeans I'm not going to necessarily be in jeans but I'm going to maybe soften my look a little bit and I'm also going to really ask them a lot of questions so that I start really seeing what is it that they want and sometimes if you have a husband and a wife or partners that are looking for a house one will be very quiet and I really very softly try to draw that other person out so that I see because sometimes they're a bigger piece of the decision-making process than you ever know but it's all happening behind the scenes so you think you're playing to what you they really want and the other person that's being very quiet it's actually the one that's going to make the final decision yeah I've, I've found that to be true in a lot of different situations it's so true it's so true <laughs> yeah so you need to you need to dig in somehow and get them to react mm -hmm. to what you're the, especially the questions you're asking yeah and when the you know one partner will be saying an answer and then I'll say to the other person you know what what is your opinion and I'll try and get them to start talking and they always come up later and go, gosh, nobody's ever asked me that because they're just quiet, you know? So it's, it is really being observant that helps. So tell us a little bit about your office here. How, how many, uh, how many offices do you have? So Remax Excalibur, which is where I hang my license, is a large uh, Remax office. We're the first Remax office in Arizona, and our owner has uh, three offices in the Phoenix Scottsdale market, and then one down in Tucson. And so uh, I office um, in the North Scottsdale area, but we do the entire valley. I have a team of two agents, an assistant, and a transaction coordinator, and um, we. We've been in the market for so long, over 20 years, that we have clients everywhere. They come out and they say, hey, Cindy, we want to look at Scottsdale, but we want to look at Gilbert, or we want to look at Peoria, we want to look at Scottsdale. And so we have clients everywhere, and about 85% of our business is referral-based, meaning past clients or um, referrals from the industry, from Women's Council, from CRS, from the association business that we've done. Um, you know, whether you are, no matter what business you're in, um, you have to have a team. Mm -hmm. Even if you are a sole proprietor, you've got a team, your vendors, the people that support you, your friends, your family, mm -hmm. um, people around you that are supporting you in your business. Um, you said you had two team members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did you, how did those people come to be? And what advice could you give somebody that is looking to either get new team members or maybe decide whether or not the team members they have are the right team members? Sure. So again, this is all about listening and really spending time with those people because over the years I have had several people and I've learned the hard way that sometimes somebody really, really wants to be on the team and you go, all right, I'm going to give it a shot. But, um, and, and I remember that in my own self, like just wanting to be better at what I do. So, you know, you bring them on, but then they just don't have the interest in doing the work. And for me, um, I am looking for somebody who wants to do the work, wants to, to sit open houses, wants to be involved, wants to get out there with the clients or dig into the lead generation piece of it. And so um, 
I've hired a couple of agents that had been in positions as single agents before, meaning individual agents, and when they got into the team environment, they're like, I, I don't really like this. And so I, I, my recommendation would just be to take the time and really understand. Sometimes it's better to take someone who's new to the business and who doesn't have any bad habits or anything, any expectations, and just be upfront about what the team scenario is and then get them in the door. Now, I have uh, one team member who's been on my team for four years and the other one for three, and so longevity is really important to me and the, and the synergy of the team. And I'm not really, there are a lot of different team models, and there are lots of teams that are very successful with tons of agents on their team. That's not something I'm interested in. I want it to still be intimate. I want to still know our clients. I want to still be involved in the process. So um, so the recommendation for me is just really take that time. Understand what it is you're looking for and remember you're not necessarily hiring yourself because sometimes in sales we get all jazzed about seeing ourselves in someone else and that may not be the skills you need. Absolutely. I think you just hit on something really important mm -hmm. because yeah, as in sales, it's not about us. Mm -hmm. It's about what it is that our team members need, what it is that our clients need. Right. And, and we need to take ourselves, not really necessarily completely out of the picture, but enough out of it that we can see and hear what other people um, are needing and wanting from us. Yeah. So do you as a team, do you get together and form a vision for the we do. We do business planning. Actually, we're working on that right now. And then in addition to that, we meet once a week and we just talk things through. And of course, in the in between that, a lot of times we're like, hey, this just happened with a client. What, what, you know, am I thinking correctly? Sometimes they'll be chatting with me just to bounce ideas around on what the situation might be. And so it's a very close-knit situation. Then if somebody goes out of town on vacation, the client knows me. They, they're not um, like, oh, someone else is going to take over my file or, you know, be working with me. So we try to have a close-knit situation where we've at least connected with everybody and people know each other. Well, I think the advice that she's giving is really concrete. And again, it doesn't matter whether you're in the real estate business or you've got a small shop of some kind. Mm -hmm. uh, really paying attention and really being able to hear and making sure that the team you put together are going to address whatever your client or customer's needs are. Yeah, and the other thing I think is really important, and we've been talking a lot about this, they talked about it yesterday at the state meeting as well, is that you know our clients don't remember us if we don't stay in contact with them. That's like this huge thing that doesn't matter what business you're in, no. you need to keep that database up, you need to be touching your clients if, you know, several times a year, maybe if, even if it's quarterly at least so that they have your name in front of you because they say in the real estate industry that 70% of the clients won't remember their agent within uh, one year of having uh, closed a transaction. And so, you know, our success has been that we do, I know we do some old school stuff, but we actually still do a monthly mailing, a postcard mailing, and then we uh, reach out to them several other ways during the year. But we're really uh, trying to keep our name in front of them so that when they do have to buy or sell or they need a referral for a friend or family that they, they don't forget our name. That's, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, again, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. There is so many times unless you're selling a bolt or something where it doesn't really matter who the customer is. Mm -hmm. I mean, in most situations, if you can maintain that relationship, yeah. um, and, and actually even like a small hardware store, mm -hmm. if a small hardware store 
provides good customer service, those people come back, they'll refer other people, oh, go to this place rather than the mm -hmm. big box stores. Yeah, and we really focus on customer service and going above and beyond. But in addition to that, it's all about saying thank you. And from a leadership perspective, even if we move back to like association and, uh, you know, if you're involved at your church group or whatever situation you're in leadership, it's all about saying thank you. And especially toward the middle of the year when people have been really involved for like six months and it's time to just look back and say thank you to those people that are volunteering for you because um, they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart and they may be passionate about what they're doing, but just that little thank you, whether it's a personal note or a personal phone call makes all the difference in the world to tell them you appreciate what they're doing. Um, I Doing some research on gratitude, I found all kinds of studies mm -hmm. that show what gratitude does, not just for the person you're saying thank you to, but also for your own personal health mm -hmm. and well-being. Oh, interesting. And, yeah, the, the hypothalamus actually, uh, when you start uh, doing more gratitude, it actually improves, and that improves your appetite, mm -hmm. your sleep, your... Um, concentration, all these different things. There was a study done in 2009 that it actually improves the ability for the hypothalamus and, and it reduces cortisol and it increases dopamine. Mm -hmm. So, and it actually, it, once you start doing a lot of gratitude or saying thanks for people, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it actually becomes addictive. That's fun. I hate, I would be addicted to that. I like to say thank you. Yeah, um, me too. That's one of my yeah. fun things I love to do. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, any last piece of advice if somebody is thinking maybe they have never been in a leadership role, what would you recommend to them to really learn how to be a good leader? Well, first of all, I would say just get involved, get, in, get onto a committee, start getting involved and start observing the people that are in the leadership roles and just see how that feels and looks to you to make sure you're kind of heading in the right direction of where you want to go. And just remember, it's never about the position. It's about being able to inspire people and motivate people to do what they they need to do to help whatever the project is you're working on. But you, it's not about you being in a leadership role. It's not about being the president of something. It's truly about helping people move forward. So for me, what I love to do as a servant leader is push from behind, help them see you know, the success. And by that, I am successful at what I do. So it's really important not to go in and go, I want to be president of such and such. It's just not, it's not about that. You know, it's about really helping the organization and helping the group build their leadership skills. And I know one of the visuals I always love is that we have one hand reaching forward, which is somebody who we are mentoring that's helping us move forward in our leadership role and one hand behind us pulling someone up because our job as a leader is to train the people that are going to replace us because a leadership role is never um it's never static you're not going to be in it forever and the other piece is once you have led and it's your time to step back and let somebody else lead you know some of the other issues that occur in leadership are when people don't want to let go and those past presidents are trying to still hang on and so i say as a past president proudly I am honored for what I've been able to accomplish with an organization I've been involved in, but I also am so proud of where we're headed and I help with that directional process, but I want them to succeed in their own right as leaders. And so you step back and you help from behind. That is such great advice mm -hmm. because um, sometimes you get into organizations and there are people that are there just to, to build their own career. Right. And, and the problem with that is that it doesn't work. It actually damages the the organization. So if you're thinking about joining an organization, take a look at the leadership that's there and, and make sure that it, it has 
the empowerment aspect to it right. because if you if they're not empowering others to move forward into and to grow then it probably isn't really a good organization to be a part of right then and there. Now, that leadership changes all the time. It does. So it doesn't mean it may not in the future be a good organization. Or maybe you start out and you're not in that part of it. Yeah. But you move into it and you can provide that kind of support. Yeah, and I always like to say to people, when you start a board meeting, if it's an association, you should be saying to your members, remember, we are here to serve our members. The decisions we make today are about our members, not about us individually or our companies or how it's going to benefit us. And if it's a company, I would say that too. In a corporate environment, we used to say, you know, what we're here to do is to make the goals of the corporation and to work together as a team toward that. So it's just a reminder at the beginning of a meeting, whether it's a staff meeting or a team meeting, to just say, hey, you know, we've got goals and let's work on it together. So people kind of pull themselves into the situation and really think, yes, I'm here as part of a team. Well, Cindy, I just, I can't, you are just an inspiration to so many people. I mean, you're so well-respected. I'll never forget when I started asking around uh, to some of the uh, past national presidents, and they, a dozen of them said, well, are you talking to Cindy? Yeah. And so I really feel honored that I've been able to Thanks, get to Tom. know you, and, and you've been, she supported me so much in, in getting me into Arizona and yeah. meeting some, in, absolutely, the meeting I went to yesterday the energy level of that state meeting was just incredible. And the leadership that's there, and it's because they have this wonderful woman behind them, pushing them and supporting them. So um, thanks again for taking you some bet. time. It's been a pleasure. And I look forward to, um, once again, this is one of my favorite interviews. I love doing these Kickbutt Leadership interviews. I do have a seven daily practices of mindfulness thinking that's free on my website. And, and so if you kind of like to, because part of what we talked about today is kind of how to do some of those things. Mm -hmm. So just go to my website, www.kickbuttleadership.com, and you can download that for free. So thanks again, Fantastic. my dear. Fantastic. All Thank right. You. Take care. Bye-bye. I'll talk to you soon. Okay.